Welcome to the Happy Place podcast. I'm Rina, your host. I'm a Shibari artist, tantric body worker, former dominatrix, and extreme sports athlete. I guide people to their core, creating safe spaces for healing and self-discovery. Since childhood, I've challenged societal norms. Through extreme sports, tantra, unconventional sexuality, and psychedelics, I've discovered profound truths. This podcast is for seekers like me, exploring meaning and spiritual illumination in the midst of life's intensity. Get ready to be inspired, amazed, and transformed as we unravel the mysteries of the happy place. Welcome, welcome to this juicy episode 22, where I take you from whips to tantra. I want to show you what's inside the world of tantric BDSM and how did I even come up with this idea? Why tantra? Why BDSM? And how can they merge together? This is a very common question. And many people know me as a former professional dominatrix. I used to work in New York City as a pro-dom for about a decade. This is where I used to torture Wall Street guys. I used to humiliate them, explore fantasies and fetishes. And I really explored that world inside out. I was very curious. I wanted to explore and try so many different aspects of this world. And these days, I'm a vulnerability and intimacy coach, and I live in Austin, Texas. And I use Shibari as my preferred tool for healing and self-exploration. So in this episode, I want to take you from A to B. Like, how do you go from being a dominatrix into spirituality, Tantra, and the world of healing and coaching? I feel truly privileged that life really took me on this journey. And as many people ask me a question like, how, how is this really possible? How did you find this type of path? I want to explore it with you right now in this episode and share certain insights that I've learned along the way that you might relate to. Even if you never dove into worlds of Tantra in BDSM, I bet you're curious. I bet you've picked this topic of my podcast because you are some way curious and you want to see how this world can be possible, relatable, as I really trust and believe that we all have certain inclinations towards fantasy and BDSM explorations. And we also have natural longing for Tantra, even if we don't name it this way. Tantra is ultimately a path of integration when it comes to spirituality and the world of humanness. So let me take it from the very start. I started back in New York City when I was 23 years old and became a professional dominatrix. Well, some backstory. Let me start a bit earlier. Scrolling back, I was working in a cubicle in Washington, D.C. in the office world. My family wished me a successful career in the United States. So I came from Russia to study and to become successful and to impress my family. I wanted to, to my family to be proud of me. So I got my MBA very early and I worked in finance as a data analyst, becoming financial analyst in a cubicle in Washington, D.C. suburbs. And that felt so miserable. Really, this was meant to be an American dream coming true that I became a professional. I go to office, I sit in a rush hour every morning 
and every evening spending an hour getting there and nine to five I sit in the cubicle doing some work in finances working with numbers and excel spreadsheets and that felt unbearable to make things even worse I only had two weeks of vacation per year which also felt like torture as my dream was to travel I wanted to have freedom to explore the world to try different things to dive into different cultures my body resisted I felt like I'm just breaking apart and I was falling asleep I was getting sick all the time everything felt completely off and there was this one New Year's Eve night that a friend of mine took me to a trance party and he gave me some substance to explore which was a proven cactus San Pedro and as I was dancing I felt all my insecurities coming to the surface and this is when he approached me and he saw that I felt very uncomfortable dancing I felt ugly I felt unworthy I felt everything is wrong with me and my body responded to that belief and he sensed that something was off and I wasn't comfortable dancing I was paranoid that everyone is looking at me and judging me and he came to me and he said you know what you are dancing with a whip grab your whip and own this dance floor this is it and at first I laughed thinking oh my god like what a great trip he's having it's not about me <laughs> but there was a moment that I decided to just imagine for a split second what would it be like if I grab a whip and dance with it and I imagine myself this powerful woman who has a whip in her hand and owning this world dancing like no one is watching expressing herself authentically and really loving herself in it and that felt good I really let go of my insecurities for a moment and it felt amazing and later I asked him so what's this fantasy what is happening here why woman dancing with a whip and then he shared that his wife was a professional dominatrix and he loved, loved, loved powerful women who are really owning their sexuality, their confidence, who are not afraid to tell men what to do, not afraid to speak their desires. And he showed me some whips and magazines with dominatrixes on the cover and I was quite surprised I never heard of such worlds and I again thought that this is nothing to do with me and I will be a good girl and I want to be nice to others I would never hurt anyone it's definitely not my cup of tea um, but as cactus faded away and I went home something felt missing like there was a sense that it was something very precious for me out there and I couldn't wrap my finger around it. I didn't understand what I want, but I reached out to him again. And fast forward, I discovered myself in the world of New York City dungeons. It wasn't a sweet journey from the start, although I was definitely curious. But the owners didn't educate me quite well. They just gave me some basic tools and basic tutorials. We practiced whipping pillows and tying up dildos <laughs> so we know how to do it with a real man and then we had clients and clients would share their fantasies certain domination humiliation fetish related fantasies 
And as a dominatrix, I had to just fulfill them, of course, within my boundaries. We didn't have sex with clients, although it was considered to be sex work, but we did not take our clothes off. They would be naked in front of us. And I, we would keep our clothes on. We would wear some fetishistic outfits, leather, latex, lingerie, different military costumes and all sorts of Halloween <laughs> ideas you can possibly imagine. I used to play different role play scenarios. One of the most ridiculous ones was the daughter of a KGB father, which is funnily, that's actually true. <laughs> but what I was doing is that um, I would seduce some high ranking official and then I would tie him up and then I would torture him so he could reveal all the secrets to me. It was one amongst many different wild role-play fantasy. I, would, I was a policewoman, an airport uh, officer, um, and then a doctor, a nurse, a school teacher, all sorts of role-play. It was quite wild and fetishes were quite bizarre at times. Um, however, I did not feel complete in this world because I was working underneath, under the authority of my, the owners, the owners of the dungeon who couldn't care less about kinks and fetishes and couldn't care less about us dominatrixes who work for them. They were just connecting clients and doms together and collecting the money and we would get a small portion of their earnings and that was pretty much it. Then, as time has passed, I started to contemplate quitting because it started to feel very superficial. And I started to feel more of a slave than a dom because the owners were just not really nice. I still, until these days, I haven't heard of nice dungeon owners. Um, dungeon is like a underground type of establishment it would be usually hidden from the streets you would never know but it would be located somewhere in midtown manhattan in some old rusty buildings old ugly elevator and the doors open and there are different torture chambers different rooms with bondage furniture and different themes right some are quite elaborate such as chinese torture room and catherine's wheel different medieval torture devices and others are a little more simple more modern style more uh, high-tech and basically it would be a rooms created for fantasy exploration however the owners would not treat anyone nice and they would be just only caring for about money and they would also tell us when and when how we're allowed to take vacation it was a lot of control and also, there was no possibility for individual expressions of fantasies. It felt like everyone had to do exactly the same thing. The, our clients would be the leaders basically telling us the fantasy and we just have to fulfill it. And that was it. And I got disillusioned pretty fast. However, I'm really lucky that I met this woman, amazing, beautiful goddess Kimi Inch, who... I met in the Museum of Sex. She, she was teaching BDSM practices for beginners back in the day. And as I approached her to share how incredible she is, 
she told me, well, what's up with you? Where do you work as a dome? And I said, well, it's a dungeon of Mistress Elizabeth. I was like, well, how do you feel there? Like, it feels horrible. I don't really like to be in the dungeon. And what you do looks quite different. She said, yeah, I'm independent. I create my rules and I get to see exactly clients that I want to see and play with them in my own way, in my own style, on my own terms, in my own schedule. And that felt so good. And I said, wow, how come? She said, well, just become independent and this is what you can do. So very soon after, I became an independent dom. And it was a whole new beginning for me because here I was free to advertise myself the way I like it and see clients that I like. So I started to explore what feels comfortable for me, what kind of clients I want to see, what kind of play feels inspiring to me. So initially it was a lot of erotic domination, such as tease and denial, such as uh, playing uh, with the clients in the erotic realm, arousing him, but then stepping away, tormenting him, having this push-pull game. Moment I would arouse him, and another moment I would torture him, and another moment I would humiliate and laugh at him, and all of that wearing my seductive lingerie. It definitely felt suitable for my classic Russian princess spirit where women are kind of taught from the young age to use their sexuality for their advantage and seduce men into gifting them beautiful things, diamonds and fur coats and <laughs> things like that. And eventually I got tired of that because I felt like I reached my limits and I decided to go in a different direction. I started to explore the sadistic realm of domination. And I took some pictures of me wearing some military outfits and started to tweet things like, today I woke up in the mood to torture someone's balls. I'm going to bust your balls so good today. And instantly I would get some response from clients. Oh my God, let it be my balls. Crush my balls. Castrate me. It would be all kinds of wild fantasies around cock and ball torture. And I started to even film some clips on that and sell them. So I started to grow. And there was also a point that I got burned out from that too, because my clients wanted more and more and more. So initially they wanted some spanking, then they would want me to use some single tail whips and some heavy floggers. And then similarly with cock and ball torture, initially it was just some pain, some playful slapping. And then... It became quite severe. I would use my boxing gloves to really punch them. And then I would use my high heels to step on them. Eventually, it would become a bloody mess. And I would get quite disgusted of that. I would feel that this is it. How much further can we go before we really damage your body? So that was the moment that I started to question my work, myself, and the world around me. Like, what's happening in this world I was in the office cubicle and now I'm busting men's balls for money. And uh, in the winter time, because New York City winters are quite brutal and I'm not enjoying this cold weather. In the winter, I would start traveling. I started to go to warm places to recharge as my work would be quite demanding and I would get quite energetically exhausted from such heavy psychological, physical, energetic interaction with my clients. I wanted to escape, and this is when I discovered my paradise island, Koh Phangan, Thailand. 
And that's the island that is quite famous for its spiritual community as well as wild parties and wild nature and diving pursuits. And I really found myself there. I started to go to spiritual schools and the main one that where I found myself was Agama Yoga, which is a tantric yoga school. And this is where I really expanded my horizons on sexuality and spirituality because I started to learn what spirituality is and what are the types, right? The classic one is world denying where you escape the world to meditate according to Eastern traditions. And there is also a tantric approach where you actually don't escape the world. You actually stay in the world, continue exploring power, money, sexuality, all of these things that are usually avoided in spiritual pursuits where spiritual people renounce money, renounce sexuality, become celibate, renounce any possessions, belonging, power. And the world of Tantra is all about embracing it, but becoming conscious and intentional about it. So while I was in this yoga school, we were practicing so many directions of self-awareness and mindfulness, starting from physical activities such as yoga, classic yoga, stretching, moving, exercising, then going deeper into breath and pranayama practices and going deeper into meditation practices and all of this in a container of certain rules of uh, cleanliness and moralities, moralities such as how we, what are the guiding principles of living the world such as not stealing, not lying and also cleanliness practices, which is all about uh, keeping yourself pure and clean, which is deeper physical cleanliness of your body, different detox programs and fasting and uh, different ways to clean yourself from inside out, as well as the mental, emotional, energetic cleansing techniques. So basically making your body into a clean, pure vessel for divine energies to pass through. We also went into different rituals and ceremonies and journeys into altered states of consciousness. We studied, studied conscious dreaming, how to be half asleep, half awake and go in this in-between zone. Then the art of dying, Kashmiri Shaivism, different tantric philosophies and ancient texts, uh, Bhagavad Gita, for example, the world of karma yoga and Krishna people. I was so fascinated. I was on fire. I did all sorts of workshops and retreats. And then finally, they introduced us into sexuality, sharing that sexuality is also tantric and spiritual. Like, wow, how can sex be spiritual? Really, what is that about? Well, then we learned that it also has to be intentional. It's not about just following your urge to get off, but it's about understanding sexual energy as a life force itself, understanding the sexual sublimation practices, which is a tantric term of using raw sexual lustful desires or just the, any strong energy flow in your body and move it to the upper centers. So basically from lower chakras to upper chakras or speaking in a more basic way, being able to transmute something that is 
very humanly gross and concrete and just our raw impulses, instincts and desires into some sublime places such as compassion for the world, such as light, such as love and unity, transcendental realms, being able to take that into meditation. And initially it was theory. As I stayed there a bit longer, it started to become practice. And I dove into tantric body work where we discovered how to really connect to this energetic flow within the body and play with orgasmic energy to be able to make love for ours and to take ourselves into deeper transcendental realms. I was so on fire. I was so inspired. And I really wanted to dive deeper. I went to Vipassana meditation retreat. I practiced Qigong. I practiced all sorts of teachings and uh, modalities. And then I would go back home to New York and I would become a dominatrix again because this was my work. So thanks to my work, I was so lucky and privileged to be able to escape the world of New York City and working hard into the world of being so relaxed and at ease in my paradise island, going to the beautiful wild beaches alone and doing yoga morning and evening and practicing different spiritual disciplines and listening to satsangs, listening to various teachers. And at some point I saw this wilderness of the contrast, like how come there is such a big contrast between my life on the island, light and love, the spiritual pursuits, tantric sexuality, meditation, pranayama, and then the world of New York City life where I was diving into BDSM practices. And there was a point that everything started to feel really off with this division. I started to feel so much separation and said something is really majorly wrong. And New York City world was full on. It was full of drugs and addictions and lustful needs and desires. I had all these clients who would have these wild fantasies and they would sometimes message me in the middle of the night like, mistress, tonight I'm fantasizing of falling asleep with my butt plug in and I would need to respond like, oh, good boy, good slave and things like that. And it started to feel really wrong. And yet, similarly, as I went back to the island, I would sit there and sing some prayers, Om Namah Shivaya, and focus on the energy of the heart. And this is when I started to also feel, well, something is wrong. I have some dark desires that are yet unaddressed and unexplored in this community. As soon as I would share with some school leaders about my extreme sports pursuit, my desire to dive into life and death situations, as well as this crazy sexual kinks with my clients, they would look down at me like, oh, we better give up on this. We better come full time and practice spirituality. So my tantric school didn't feel fully embraceive of this life in New York. And it felt like I have to pave my own way. That was the time that I didn't have any guidance and something in me felt completely off. And this was the first time that I started to contemplate 
blending this together, blending Tantra and BDSM world. And it often happens to me when there is an authentic desire to do something beautiful. There is always some help coming in. And this is when I met my help. I met my teacher, one of my teachers, my guru, my teacher. Her name is Ananta Kranti. And she was giving satsangs on this island. And satsang is just a beautiful Sanskrit name of uh, spiritual guidance where you're not there to listen to some intellectual contemplations of certain spiritual ideas but instead this is where you are guided into a direct experience of the spiritual realms of existence into unity into light into love and basically this is where you're guided to transcend your identity and merge with something way greater than yourself and there was a point that I asked her about her life and she shared with me that she used to be a professional dominatrix. And I was so surprised. And now as I'm speaking, I'm so in awe and honor the life force behind it, life itself, the divinity behind it all, because it's just cannot be an accident that I've met her exactly at that time. And she was the one who told me that I can do it. I can make a strong intention and determination to bring a conscious approach to BDSM and just start exploring why my clients want this, what drives their urges, fantasies, and desires for domination, humiliation, torture, fetishes, and so on. And she gave me some brief guidance on how to make it happen. And after taking a six-month break from being a dom, I came back to New York City and decided to do it. I shared on my website that now I'd like to practice a more conscious tantric approach to BDSM. And I don't even know how we do this, but I'm going to start with my intention. And I want you to help me out. If you feel in resonance with this, let's do it together. And it felt in a way as a suicide of my career because this text was quite different from my usual, I wake up feeling like busting someone's balls. <laughs> But it felt authentic and something felt good about it that I'm no longer playing the role. I'm no longer being unconscious about why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I started to connect with my clients deeper. I started to meet them for lunch, for consultation time before taking them into a dungeon. I would get to know who they are in their lives and how they feel overall. What's their career like? What's their relationships like and it's it started to slowly become more clear everything I needed was intention and I feel like intentionality is one of the biggest aspect of living a tantric life so as you listen into this you might not recognize yourself in the world of BDSM dungeons but perhaps you can relate to the idea of intentionality think about certain things in life that you're drawn to and Perhaps you can ask some important questions on why. Why do you want this? What do you ultimately look for? And I started to ask my clients and right before we start playing, like, what's your intention? Why do we do this? And most of the time they say, well, I don't know. I just, this is my fantasy. That's my king. And I would ask more questions. Well, when was the first time you experienced this? 
when this kink gets fulfilled, this desire gets to be satisfied, how does it make you feel? Is it about relaxation, meditation, or is it pure sexual desire? And most of the time they would share that it's not so much of a sexual as emotional urge, how tired they are of holding the world on their shoulders, of holding so much control in their life, being the head of the household and the boss and needing to constantly be on top of things and do it right, do it perfect, follow the schedule. And how coming to a dungeon to see me, would there be their only way to really relax and surrender and unravel and receive and not have control over what happens next? That was one of the explanations, but there would be so much more. Different fantasy would have a bit of a different story behind it. And I became so curious. I started to read certain books like Jungian Psychology, Shadow Work, and diving deeper, studying that in, in more depth and having like my records of different clients with certain fantasies and who they are and why they come to me, why they choose me, what, what brings them to this lifestyle and how it connects to their life. Is it, does it feel like a separate piece and escape or does it feel like it's a harmonious part of who they are? And one of the common things that I heard from my clients is that it feels very disconnected, like this um, desires, fantasies, and their dungeon times would be completely separate from their worlds. For example, a lot of uh, my clients were Hasidic Jewish community people from Brooklyn, and they were so different. I was so not familiar with that culture. And I started to learn, I started to learn about their sexual repression and how secretive this lifestyle is, how no one should ever find out that they go to the dungeon. But there are so many of them. There are so many of them come to dungeons to explore with dominatrixes and lots of shared fantasies too. Like, for example, getting spanked over the knee and then kissing my hand to say, thank you, mommy. Like, I started to get a clue of what their life is like. So I went to certain classes and conferences about uh, sexuality of Hasidic Jewish people and ex-Hasidic Jewish people because many of them are actually escaping that world and want to immerse in the secular world and they don't even know where to begin. And for them to go to a club and dance with a woman means that they have to marry this woman because that's just how their culture dictates that and how separated they are from the rest of the world despite of being part of New York City, which is ironically such a huge international city of so many cultures and such diversity. They are very isolated. So many different religious minorities, different types of personalities and people would approached me for domination services and I started to really explore and ask and get curious and I started to bring self-inquiry into play where we would question things like how does this make you feel, who are you, what is your biggest desire, what is life, what is love, what are you dreaming of. Sometimes I would catch them right in the heat of the play and ask them, some deeper questions what do you ultimately want and because they are already in certain altered state of consciousness which is induced by power exchange role play and sexual energy 
they would start giving me some deeper answers. And soon I found out that I'm not alone in my tantric pursuits. Of course, there were some older clients that were completely not resonating with this, thinking that this is some weird hippie crap and all they want is to get spanked and not ask any more questions and not share any more about themselves. Uh, they wanted to follow a very familiar script and this is this was their comfort zone. However, many clients became really fascinated by this therapeutic approach. They started to say, well, now you actually treat me like therapist in a way because you ask me a lot of questions. You learn more about me. You're very curious. You share some feedback, your own intuition, your own insights. And to make things even better, we started to have more community gatherings such as Sacred Kink and different support groups for dominatrixes in New York City. And I've learned that I'm not alone on this path. There are many doms who are embarking on journeys of becoming a therapist, for example, substance abuse counselor, somatic therapist, uh, this goddess that I mentioned, Kimi, and she became a somatic therapist. And my other colleague, um, Heather, she became a substance abuse counselor. And I started to see how much beauty and wisdom in our dom work is because we get to tap into some territories that nobody gets to see that are such secret. They're so hidden that something they would never share with their wives and therapists and partners, friends. And we would have a glimpse into those underworlds, into something so precious, so vulnerable, so deep, so potent, so powerful, so deeply intimate. My connections with my clients started to become deeper and more intimate. And I started to study more. I started to read more literature, started to take different courses and classes of different doms. Some of my favorite books on the subject would be Erotic Mind by Jack Marine or Sacred King by Lee Harrington. This would be really beautiful portals into the world of conscious spirituality and sexuality. However, there was a point that even that started to be, feel like a trap. It was a very interesting year right before pandemic when I felt like I'm on the peak of my career. I had my own dungeon in Chelsea and Manhattan and I had a really amazing clients. I really felt like I was on the top of the dominatrix ladder and my conscious pursuits were really well rewarded and I had beautiful deep connections with my clients. And that was the time when I had a psychedelic journey on LSD and I had a deep glimpse into divine realms and it felt like it was calling me those deep levels. I don't know how to find words. It's pretty much impossible, but I'm going to try. It felt like I'm speaking to godliness itself, that realm of existence, which was beyond you and I, duality, desires and fears. And I asked, I bowed to that. I prayed and I asked, what do I need to do to be one with you in my everyday life? And then I got the answer. You have to quit being a dom. And I did not expect that. <gasps> but what? No, this is all I can do. I don't want to go back to my office cubicle. I don't want to bartend. I have a dungeon space. I already have a student 
who is learning to be a professional dom with me. Like, I cannot quit that. No, like, no, trust us. Trust me. Trust this. It will be fine. Close your dungeon. You you will be fine. Trust it. And after some sweet encouragement from my friends who recommended me to trust it, I made a pact with that force and said within a month I'm closing everything and I will go back to my island in Thailand in search for inspiration to what to do next. It was hard. It was scary. I had such deep connections with these people and I had dinners with them. Uh, whenever I would have dinner, I would like a goodbye dinner. I would wear my normal clothes, casual. First time they would see me without a dome outfit and I would tell them, look, the show is over, curtains down, the theater is closed and uh, this is my real name. I had a stage name and um, it felt sad. It Something felt very um lonely in this as I, as we both realized how much we were dependent on one another how much i was dependent on their praise on this role of being a powerful dominatrix and how much they were dependent emotionally on me and how intimate we became and of course i had my financial fears because that job kept me very financially secure and i could travel the world and do so many amazing things and yet I did this I closed my dungeon I let go of that apartment which was converted into dungeon and I went to Thailand and universe was very gracious with me very generous because this is exactly when COVID happened and I stayed in Thailand for a year and right in the neighborhood where I stayed I met Shibari Masters I met Tatiana, one of my new one of my new Shibari mentors at that time. I was already exposed to Shibari. Uh, even before that, there was a beautiful journey that I received in my personal realm as I was looking to experience some high caliber domination experience. I could not receive it in my personal relationships, and I was really picky as I was a professional dominatrix myself. So I met Bodhi, my uh, shibari master and he took me on a shibari journey and that felt like a another psychedelic experience it didn't feel like something purely sexually kinky it felt like it was multi-dimensional very holistic very deep and scary and intense and that's when tantra started to feel complete this is when i started to see wow this is Tantra of BDSM. This is where we take our BDSM journey and transform it into spiritual pursuits because I started to see how I go deep in the meditation, I go deep in the divine union of masculine and feminine, I embrace my shadows, I release my traumas, I release my pain and emotions and I become so alive, so complete, so fulfilled. This was my first glimpse thanks to his journey. But when I moved to the island during the pandemic, this is when I met Tatiana, who was also practicing this very deep healing art of Tantric Shibari. She was also practicing all kinds of BDSM toys and tools, but her energy 
was completely different from anything I've experienced in New York City in the world of BDSM. She was quite famous for deep attunement and listening and creativity, intuition, spontaneity. And I started to learn from her as I've started to also receive from her. I was tied up by her a few times and each time I experienced such deep degree of attunement, of being held, of being loved, of being met in my humanness exactly where I'm at, embracing my anger, embracing my despair, embracing my confusion. Everything was loved, everything was embraced and she was using only rope for that. So I got fascinated about Shibari and I started to learn from her. And within that year, I learned suspension and I started to practice more and I started to share on social media. And as I started to share, people started to reach out to me like, wow, you practice Shibari. I so want to get tied up by you. And this is when I realized that dominatrix work is not completely over. It's being transformed into something new. Life is upgrading me. One of my spiritual mentors, Ananta, likes to say that there is no end to being upgraded by life. You are constantly being molded into a newer, more refined, more whole version of yourself. And it felt like this is my next level. I am becoming a Shibari artist. And this will be a tantric journey that I'm going to offer, similar to what I received from Bodhi, similar to what I received from Tati. So honored, so lucky to have such incredible mentors and to take time to study and learn from them. After one year of being in Thailand, I went back to New York and some of my old clients reached out and like, I see this new version of yourself. I cannot wait to get a taste of it. Teach me, show me, share with me the Shibari journey. I want to try that. And it wasn't easy from the start, but I started to slowly discover and explore my own style. Now, the final level of upgrade happened when I moved to Austin. My move to Austin was quite magical. It was a total divine intervention, which happened through my other mentor, Cole. Her name is Cole, and she's famous for teachings of psychedelic integration and generally very experience in psychedelic spaces. Now, she reached out to me through Instagram and said, Austin needs you. I never been to Austin. I didn't know who she was. And I I laughed about it. And then she asked me, what are the books that influenced you the most in the world of BDSM and Tantra? And I shared with her, well, Lee Harrington, Sacred King, Erotic Mind, Jack Maureen, and I think one more, I forgot which one. And a few days later, she sends me a picture of holding those books. And she said, I'm serious. Austin needs you. We have a call. She says, I come over, I will arrange everything for you and you will teach a Shibari workshop. Like, what? I never taught any workshops. Are you kidding me? I don't know what it's like. No, just come. I will arrange everything for you. You'll have a place, you'll have students, and I will give you a whole structure. A few days later, she sets up a landing page, intimatelytied.com. And then she sets up intimatelytied.coach. Like, what is this? Like, well, this will be your own unique coaching modality. But for now, intimatelytied.com will be your mastermind. I have your ticket. I have your place. 
And I have a few students that are flying from all over the country to see you. I was shocked. I was having this imposter syndrome. I thought, well, tell me, I need to prepare. It sounds so serious. No, you don't need to prepare anything. Just show up. And I fly to Austin. She picks me up from the airport, takes me to a beautiful place, and introduced me as a tantric teacher and shibari expert. And I meet amazing, beautiful souls who came to learn, to see, to unravel, to receive, to learn the art of erotic leadership and empowered surrender. And Cole gives me a whole structure. This is how we start. We start with introduction, intention setting. Then we continue with certain rituals that you need to do to establish safety, consent, and boundaries. And then you go deeper into exploring certain ties, some of the ties that are meant for safety, some of the ties that are meant for provocation. And then we have the integration circle the following day. And it was indeed very easy. And I loved it. And I met amazing people. They wanted to sign up for my tantric massages. They wanted to sign up for my rope journeys. And to make things even better, I wanted to sign up for their teachings because they all had certain superpowers to share. I signed up for NLP course, for hypnosis course, for trauma and somatics. I wanted to learn so much which surrounds human psychology, spirituality, integration. I learned the whole structure which is based on psychedelic integration, on conscious psychedelic explorations, the intake process, how to ask your client the right questions to understand if they're the right fit for you and you're right fit for them to know their history, the childhood, the, the communication styles, lifestyle, what bothers them, what makes them happy. Then intention setting, because intention is really everything. We need to be on the same page for that. Then the in-space, like how you conduct the session itself. And then integration, as Cole likes to say, integration is not optional. It's about how you integrate the insights of the experience into your everyday life. So you don't go for the addiction. This is the way that you actually break the cycle of shame and addiction and Speaking of BDSM, which is less than conscious, is it's the kind of BDSM which is somewhere in between shame and addiction. This is where people feel ashamed and isolated about their fantasies and they never share it to their community, friends and family. And then when they come to see a dominatrix, they feel addicted to this. They need it more. They can drain themselves energetically and financially in the pursuit of exploring their kink and then at some point drain themselves physically because their body cannot take so much pain and so much torture anymore but they just need more and more and this is what happens when you have an addictive behavior your tolerance increases and you need to find more stimulus and in bdsm realm it means that pushing your body to more limits so I learned that actually to avoid shame and addiction, one needs to practice intentionally. So this is the journey from whips to Tantra. And I'm still immersed in the journey of whips and Tantra. And I'm really happy where I am these days because it was a wild ride. There was a beautiful path. Uh, life itself, divinity was guiding me through it to the place where I am today in Austin, we have an incredible tantric community, very sex positive, very conscious, very intentional, with beautiful people who are givers, who want to share, who are there for one another. And I feel absolutely 
in home here in Austin. And in my work, I practice conscious sexuality, intimacy, trauma-informed BDSM practices, uh, play parties, conscious play parties, tantric play parties that are free from drugs and alcohols. And I love to share my knowledge and skills. When I practice BDSM, it's only when I practice in the realms of education and teaching. I love to teach new doms, new women to, and sometimes men, <laughs> mostly women to become professional dominatrixes. I want them to avoid the same mistakes that I did when I just started. They don't need to go to those crappy dungeons. They don't need to do things mechanically, just satisfying clients' fantasies just to make some cash. There's so much depth and beauty if you dive deeper. And I love to share it. I love to help them find their superpowers, their intuition, their unique style, the way they can channel certain archetypes, the way they can really express their unique potential in the realms, in the creativity of BDSM, kink, power exchange, and fetishes. I love to help them find their niche, find their style, find their authenticity when it comes to such radical self-exploration and such powerful work. I teach them to make this work to be an art of healing, art of self-discovery, take their clients from darkness to light, from ignorance to knowledge, and share the spiritual aspects of BDSM and kink. And there is so much connection of our fantasies, our deep longing and desires with their most precious spiritual pursuits. And when it comes to the journeys that I offer to my clients, I work with Shibari. I've studied with Bodhi, with Tati, and also certain masters in Japan. So I can bring my own blend. So now I have my own style. And the journeys that I offer are quite similar to the psychedelic experiences because I know how to take my clients out of their head, into their body, into the deeper states of consciousness and learn more about who they are, express certain parts of themselves that could be repressed, discover something about themselves and life that they didn't know before, have certain epiphanies, insights, emotional, energetic release, become more whole, become more pure, become more wild and free and uninhibited. Oh, so much I can share about that. But there's a whole another podcast on my Shibari journeys, which is the one before this one. Yeah, that's the one right before, or maybe a couple of episodes before you can find it. There is an episode on my Shibari journeys. But I'd like to wrap up this episode by encouraging you to live life intentionally. Even if you have certain pursuits that you judge yourself for, that is not something that is socially very acceptable. You might have certain inclinations, desires and drives that you don't fully understand the whys and you might not be understood by those around you. Perhaps there is a addictive tendencies in things that you like, things that you do. Perhaps you feel ashamed about something. I invite you to bring about intention and self-inquiry into that. Set intention. What do you ultimately want? Do you want trust? Do you want surrender? Do you want freedom? Do you want clarity? Do you want compassion or self-love? Do you want unity? Do you want intimacy? Share that from the depth of your heart. What is your deepest intention? 
when it comes to your pursuits. And then when you dive into your pursuits, do it carefully, do it slowly. This is one of the stages of Tantric BDSM journeys, taking time and breathing with it. Not just going on autopilot through certain motions, but instead slowing things down. First, intention. Second, slow things down and breathe and breathe and breathe. And then the third step is inquiry. Ask deeper questions. Who am I, for example? What do I long for? What do I find most satisfying? What is meaningful to me? Does this bring me joy? Or does it take me away from my truth? Does it unite me with my beloveds? Or does it separate me from them? And if so, why? So there is no right and wrong here. It's all about getting wiser through what you're doing. It's all about bringing wisdom and love and consciousness into your play. Whatever your play of life is, there is always room for more depth and more inspiration and more wisdom. And your intention your slowing down, your breath, and your self-inquiry. Those four steps are really enough to transform anything you do, whether it's sexual, whether it's intimacy, whether it's substances, whether it's some adventures, whether it's some work situations. This is all you really need, and this is my inspiration. I want to share this with you, and please give me any feedback if this show was beneficial to you. Now, I want to wrap this up by my invitation to my upcoming program. I designed Tantric BDSM online course, which was a culmination of my decade-long BDSM career. I filmed the material all over the world in jungles of Thailand and villas of Bali and dungeons of Manhattan and lots of very deep and beautiful and powerful material for beginners when it comes to realms of BDSM and conscious self-exploration, sexuality, intimacy, fetishes, power exchange, role play experiences, so much. It's a very deep and comprehensive course with so much valuable material on the platform. And we have eight Zoom meetings, so we can really dive deeper into that. Their topics are really powerful, such as trauma-informed lens when it comes to playing and how to be a, how to submit wisely, how to be good at sub, at submission, at surrendering to your partner, different communication skill and role play scenarios, dirty talk, conscious communication, consent, designing the scene, hypnosis. Lots of powerful, beautiful material to take BDSM into a whole new level. Highly recommend you to join and the link will be right in the show notes. Link is called underline.world. This is the name of my online course. It's my tantric baby. I put so much love into this and each round of students was incredible. I get amazing feedback. And we start in the last week of March on the 25th of March. However, if you catch this podcast early on until end of February, we have an early bird sale. So 
join us and you get an instant access to the learning program and to the learning platform and to the program and to the forum and to the community chat so you can also meet a like-minded individual so we can all stay connected and explore the sublime together wishing you a beautiful day wherever you are i want to stay in touch follow me on social media and if you enjoy this episode leave me a nice five star and review wishing you all the best stay curious stay intentional much love bye bye